0: going on everybody this is drew here i want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of phoenix down this is phoenix down 120.5 and we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of yakuza like a dragon today i have with me matt
1: hello
0: and yeah like a dragon we finally finished it it took forever i mean granted i finished this game two weeks ago i think um we just our yeah. schedules were not able to match up. I've been through a lot of stuff. Matt's been through a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, but we're done with it now. We've beat the game. Um, I want to talk a about ride. it. was a hell of a ride. So I, I do want to talk about my experiences <laughs> before we get into this story or anything like that. Um, because. Obviously, I, I knew that we weren't going to record. We're like, we, we got close to a day of recording. We're like, "Look, I can't, I can't do the recording," or or Matt couldn't do the recording. So I was like, "All right, well, I'll, I'll use this time because I hadn't beat the game just yet." And I was like, "Well, I can use this time to to you know grind levels or or do whatever." And I, it became it became my mission in life for a week to get the best weapon in the game. <laughs> Um, which is the, the Le- Legendary Heroes Bat EXEX. EX. Let me tell you the amount of grinding I had to do to get the materials and the money to make this thing. So, first, I had to upgrade the, the workshop, which the final upgrade of the workshop cost 20 million yen, which is expensive. So, I grinded that money, and at the beginning, I was able to, like, I, I just had the, the, the self-proclaimed Heroes Bat level 2 or whatever, plus 2. Well, that goes up to 10. Then you get the Legendary Heroes Bat, which goes up to plus 10. Then you get the Legendary Heroes Bat EX. Then you get the Legendary Heroes Bat EXEX. EX. This took a very long time. I would say it probably took me around 150 yen, 150,000 yen to actually make this bat. And I had to, there were specific items you had to grind for. Now there were some items that I was able to purchase. So if you go up to the park at the very top right of the uh, map, there's a guy who sells materials, and he sells some rare materials, like the standard materials, like the best kind of leather, or the best kind of of uh, wood, that kind of thing. And some of those materials required that, or some of, the, some of the bats required that, but they always required something a little extra, whether it be a diamond or a ruby or a sapphire or a gold ignit or a silver, a piece of silver, stuff like that. Where do you get that stuff? Well, some of it is random finds in dungeons. But there's a guaranteed one whenever you go through the battle arena. So uh, beating a certain level with a certain battle condition will give you, you know, some gold. Or will give you a ruby. Or give you something like that. So I started doing the battle arena. And getting all of that those materials in that process I also was grinding levels because I was beating the battle arena which is a good place to get levels so I did that I finished this game level 71 and had the best bat for Kasuga I also had the third to best shield for Adachi um, and the other party members whatever apparently i had i had the the best non upgradable knuckles for jungihan so i just left those on there and then i had Aerie as a dealer and she had the best non upgradable playing cards so, so i'm fine with that whatever truth be told my uh, my all stars were Jungi Han and Ari. Kossago was the the worst party member I had at the end of this game. With Adachi being second to the last.
1: Worst for damage?
0: For for anything, for damage, any type of special abilities, anything like that. And I don't know if I mentioned on the last recording, but Jung Han has an ability as a hitman called head trauma. It is the single best single target attack power in the game. And it costs seven magic points. That's it. Yes. Um, and then Airy, who is a dealer with a dealer job, she has darts airstrike where she throws three darts into the air and they randomly strike three people. If there's only one person, they get hit three times. If there's two people, one person will get hit twice while one person gets hit once. Those two attacks, Head Trauma and Dart's Airstrike, wiped the floor with everything else in this game. There was no contest. Adachi, oh, that's crazy. I did use Adachi's paralysis prongs that did some great damage and it also possibly paralyzed somebody and Kasuga I was just like just use whatever dude he, he was he was not doing much damage at all I mean he was doing damage but he wasn't doing anything compared to the other three party members even with the yeah. best bat in the game so shout did, it. You, so did, what? did you use
1: like some of the other moves I feel like I was doing a lot of damage at the end, but a lot of them were very MP-heavy. Um, like the like Orbital Laser, you know, his shot that takes... Is that like 150 MP it takes? Right,
0: yeah. I got that close to the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I only got it pretty close to the end as well. Um, and then some of, you know, the non-buzz for his one of his best multi-hit attacks, it was taking 90 MP. Yeah. So I, I felt like I was doing good damage, but probably not as high. I actually... I'm a little confused as to what happened because I I had leveled up Kasuga's bat as well. Not not nearly that far, I don't think. Um, but I ended up where... I, I think I lost it when the game ended.
0: Why do you say that? I don't know
1: what happened, but... I, well, I, I started kind of New Game Plus after, and I don't have that weapon, weapon anymore. You should. I don't have any weapon.
0: Well, when you start New Game Plus, you start at the very beginning of the game, right?
1: Yeah, not not New Game
0: Plus then. It was... I, I picked
1: up... Uh, no, it was, it was New Game Plus, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't starting at the beginning of the game. It was just going back into the world, I thought. Because I at least have my, my same armor. Because I had switched Kasuga to the to the Golden
0: Hero armor. Yeah, the Dragon Quest armor.
1: Dragon Quest armor, yeah. So um, I have him in that, and he still has that on. Hmm. I don't know. So I don't. I don't know what happened. I don't think you could look, drop it somehow. I definitely didn't sell it or anything. Um. But I, yeah, I had definitely leveled up him and Adachi. I did end up using. Um. Aerie quite a lot at the end. She was one of my best damage dealers, but I finally had also leveled up to a point where I could go through the the thirty floors. I could go through, and I finally got the the, the best item in the battle arena. The last two that I hadn't been able to get, where you have to um, you have to beat everybody within five moves or seven moves. Right. So I finally done that in some of my grinding, which was nice because. Those actually were both pretty high-end pieces of equipment. It was the like Kanagashi robe and then the Dragon Helmet. Yeah. I think it was the Dragon Helmet. But those two I hadn't been able to get, but I ended up, as part of my grinding here, once you hit the absolute wall <laughs> of difficulty in the game, um, uh, I, I, I was able to get two or three each of those, which was really helpful to beef everybody up
0: yeah i was able to get tons of those it got to a point where i was just selling them all like those dragon boots got a lot of sell out of them yeah i kept getting the dragon boots um and truth be told my i started min maxing a little bit um especially with Gi han i got I, i got to the point where even during boss fights joongi han got to go twice before anybody else um oh, wow. yeah, I had his agility go up. Airy was also a very fast character, which he's fast normally. Um and Adachi was the slowest guy. But he I, I was able to do basically the turn order was Jungihan, Airy, uh, and then sometimes Adachi, sometimes Kasuga and then Jungian again before any enemies got to go first. So I was yeah, I, I was min maxing like agility for certain characters. I was min maxing defense for Koska because I was like, obviously, if Koska dies, it's game over. So I just had him, you know, as a tank essentially. Um, and toward the end, there you got that one. Uh, I, I'd always had my hit points at like maybe six six to seven hundred, but you get that one uh, binding after you beat a certain character, which we'll we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, and it gives them an extra 150 hit points. I had Casca over 1,000 hit points at the end of this game. Wow. Yeah.
1: See, I, I kept putting those on Airy um, and, and Psycho just because they were weak. <laughs> right. Um, you know, especially in some of these boss fights, I had them dying at one point, you know, in, in two hits or so sometimes. So I, I really spent all my all my best items I ended up putting on on them and none, but just to make sure that they can survive a
0: couple of hits. Right. So, and I also maxed out the, the uh, Ichiban holdings. I did all that. Yeah, me too. Became the number one business in, in uh, Japan or maybe in the district. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I feel like the only thing about that is it, it didn't, really get complicated. I feel like at the end it got easier. It definitely did. Because there wasn't really much you needed to do. So as you were building up your your empire, so going from let's say 3 to 4 to 5 to 6 different businesses, you know, there you actually had to make decisions on trade-offs like can I afford this and how much is it going to pay back within the within the next round before the next shareholders meeting. Um, and then, and then once I got there, I took basically my two to three worst businesses and sold them and then upgraded them essentially for the best ones I could buy. But at at that point you could just essentially autopilot the whole rest of the, you know, the last 10 or 15 levels that you need to climb. You can just climb them by making the money you're making every round and then making sure that you win the shareholders
0: meetings, but yeah.
1: you didn't actually have to do any strategizing, really.
0: No, not really. So I-, I feel like it was
1: it, it, the the first half of that whole business management mini game. I thought was better than the second half.
0: Yeah, it was. The rest of it was just autopilot and just go. Yeah, it's just basically like click to start,
1: click to finish click through all the summations of your money as fast as possible and then as soon as the the next screen comes back up you just start start to cycle over and it it was almost more just like how quickly can i get through the five cycles to get to the next shareholder meeting rather than literally having to make any decisions yeah because i you know everything even to the point where you're like managing employees i'm just going in there and saying auto care you know yeah. auto satisfy all your all your employees you know, sometimes I would go in and say, "All right, I haven't done much in a few rounds. I guess I'll I'll buy a couple of upgrades." Because I didn't I didn't necessarily have those all maxed out because I I couldn't tell technically if it was better to like do the income boost or volume boost to a business if you didn't quite meet the three criteria below, right? Because you could, you could still run it. And I I assume you could still make more money by boosting above what you were kind of capable of supporting, but that either the employees would be slightly less happy, or you'd have more kind of intermittent setbacks as they were running down the the path. Yeah. So I I guess there was maybe a little bit more that could have been done there to rearrange people so they could meet it to really maximize it, but you didn't actually need to be that perfect with it in the end to, to win it.
0: No, no, you didn't.
1: And there's no time limit at the end. So if it takes you three or four extra rounds because you're not quite maxed out on your profit per period, well, then it just takes you three or four extra rounds.
0: Yeah. No, it didn't really matter. That's exactly how I was playing it. I got, I got to the point where I was like, okay, what's faster going through a shareholders meeting or going through the last four levels of the battle arena. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like, I want to know what's the fastest way to make my money. But once you finish the, the shareholders meeting, after you've become the number one company, you get 3 million yen. And I was like, mm, that's a million yen more than getting it. So I, dude, I even got to the point where I was making the crowns. So there's a, there's an item, a, 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 headpiece item that you can get, um, where you can put a crown on all your characters and you get extra money every time you win a battle. And I had everybody wearing one of those, including okay. my party members that weren't even in my active party. Like I was just doing my best to get as much money as I wanted to, because I was going to get that bat come hell or high water. And like, I yeah. just needed money. So.
1: yeah I thought for, for me the bigger issue with with the bat and the upgrades was more the other pieces rather than the actual money because I had a couple I had a couple of items that I wanted to make I ended up finding them somewhere in the last level or two um, in a bunch of silver or gold chests I forget which armor it was though there was some I ended up giving it to Casago just because I felt like it was he was the one that would look the best in it. Sure. Um, but yeah, there there was some armor that I wanted to make that I just didn't want
0: to take the time to go find every little item for. I didn't worry about the armor. So I kind of. Yeah. I just got the just weapons. Offense. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, as so you said last time, pure offense. That's basically what I turned into. Was I'm going to out DPS. The the enemies basically, and that's what I ended up doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. The last thing I did, so I, I did I did finish up the management mini game. I did keep running through the battle arena to get money and to get those last high end items. Um, and then the last thing I did, just as I was just kind of slowly leveling and, and filling in some gaps, was to go back and find a way to get the. Golden keys you need for the golden chests, right. and golden lockers. Just because I had seen so many of them, half dozen or so, and not, you know, I'm like, well, we got a silver key as part of the story, but why can't I open any of these golden ones? Obviously, they must have better stuff in them than the silver ones. And I, I don't know if you ever, if you ever
0: did that. I I, w- I went and purchased one of the golden keys. Um, but, oh, you did. oh yeah, yeah. I, I found it whenever, cause I switched from the, what was it? What, what class was it? The, um, uh, the guy with the, the one with the sledgehammer, yeah, the foreman. the foreman. Yeah. And I was able to find that one guy who would sell you the, there's two, uh, there's two vendors that will sell you the, uh, golden keys, but, yeah. um, they're both behind those walls that you have to hit with the sledgehammer with the foreman class. Um, and I did purchase one yeah. of them, but back back whenever I purchased one, they were very expensive. I was, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. So
1: yeah, I went back later. I, did they ever inform in the game how you were supposed to do that? Because I just looked it up and I didn't know I needed to switch to the foreman class. I didn't know how I would find the seller of the keys. So I, I just looked it up and. Did it? I ended up buying 20 or 25 keys just for the heck of it. Right. Probably only saw two or three <laughs> a of the couple lockers before or after that. Yeah.
0: Not. I, I don't remember ever hearing about it in the game. Uh, no, it it doesn't. It's just. It's, I think it's one of those little secret things you got to find out on your own. Um, yeah. I I changed Consig to the foreman. That was like the first class that I chose. Because I was wanting him yeah. to be like a brawler character, and I thought that would be like a brawler character. And then. And then, and,
1: and then while doing that, you just randomly found one
0: of those. One of those walls. Dealers. Yeah. Sellers. Yeah. And just hit it. And I was like, oh, okay. Cool. Huh.
1: Yeah, I definitely never would have found that if I hadn't just randomly looked it up.
0: Yeah. I
1: just figured I, had, I had missed so many of those along the way anyway that whether it's through grinding or exploring or just future areas that I haven't yet come to, I wanted to make sure I had the keys for it.
0: Yeah. Just in case I just didn't really bother. <laughs> I opened up like one, I think, but yeah, um, I opened up three or four. I don't think I actually got anything good on it, to be fair. Yeah. I, the one I got, I was like, ah, okay. I, I don't know if I'll, I'll use that, but Okay. So uh, I know you said you want also wanted to do some of the dragon cart stuff. Did you do any of that stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I did a little bit. I just did the, the unlock part in this section when I was just kind of grinding and exploring. Um, I went back after I finished the game and did two more full circuits, which don't take all that long. Um, and I still have... I think, two more circuits to do to at least win whatever you win from beating Dragon Kart, but it's a little bit simpler than I thought it would be. Not that I expected the management minigame to be a full game, a full sim game, and that this kart is going to be as good as Mario Kart on its own. I didn't really expect full games within it, but the kart racing was pretty simple, so it turned out it was maybe slightly less thrilling than I hoped it would be. I'll still probably finish it just to just to have conquered some more of this game because there it, it, you know obviously we'll get into it more but it, it's a pretty fun game and if something like that can be the excuse for me jumping back in for an hour or so to relive it then that seems good
0: there you go so I guess we can talk a little bit about the uh, the story um, last thing we did, we beat, uh, Sour Shiro and he reveals to us that, um, he knows what happened those 40 some odd years ago, whenever, uh, the coin locker baby was, was, uh, dropped off. There's actually two coin locker babies, one of which was Kasuga himself, along with Rio Aoki. Um, and they got the babies mixed up. Uh-oh. So uh, Kasuga th- th- thinks that he is the son of Arakawa. But there's they can't be for certain. And that Saoir Shiro's yeah. son is Ryo Aoki. Which makes me think that Saoir Shiro is... Then now got to be in his mid 60s. He sure hell as hell doesn't look like it.
1: Yeah, that's one thing throughout this game that I question whether they've remotely properly modeled any of these people. Because Kasuga being in his 40s.
0: So have, I mean, I still think he looks, I don't know, 25 to 30. Kasuga is, what, 47, didn't he? So he's in his late 40s okay. and if you, uh, look, uh, um, I'm trying to think G-bon original design. Yeah, there it is. If you look up his original design, he definitely looked a lot older, but they changed it.
1: Yeah, just didn't change the story around around that
0: to make sure it reflects what he looks like. So, at the in the original trailer, um, he looked a lot older. Uh, like I think the first, the first uh, trailer that they showed of him, um, in the in the beta, I guess is what they would say beta. Not sure. Um, he, he, he definitely looked like he was in his forties then. Um, oh yeah. If you can look like uh, the same person. No, it doesn't. But, um, yeah, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't look like it. Rio Alki looks like he's in his early thirties. If that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, he looks a lot like a guy I worked with actually. Well, there you go. (laughs) But uh yeah. Um so we 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 got that bombshell dropped on us now um, we get word that um the on um, the new Omni Alliance is going to be targeting Sour Shiro in prison because he's currently in jail awaiting trial and um han and his spies uh figure out that he's being targeted um while in jail and that they're using a um is it I think it was a Chinese um hitman, right? I think he was from China. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they call him Mirror Face. Why do they call him Mirror Face? Because this guy can disguise himself as anybody. He is the ultimate doppelganger.
1: They never described how, right? Not particularly.
0: Whether it was masks, whether it was... Plastic surgery.
1: Plastic surgery, some kind of clay and makeup, or... Which, if if you're going to be that good of a replica, seems like a mask would be difficult, but... I don't know, they do crazy things with practical special effects these days. This is true.
0: This is also a video game where apparently there were two babies locked up in coin lockers. <laughs> on the You're exact trying same to stretch day. reality here. Yeah. On the exact same day next to each other. But literally uh, like right next to each other randomly. Right. So stranger things have happened.
1: But, uh, yeah, unless not the common thing and every week that people are finding babies in lockers, that right. seems on a stretch.
0: <laughs> so yeah, they, uh, they, we found out that mirror face is going to be targeting Sour hero. Well, we can't have that. So we, um, we decide to, uh, try to stop it from happening. Um, I don't know how we get there. That's the problem. Jeez. I know we end up in that, that like a abandoned office building and we have, yeah. to we have the boss fight with mirror face and, um, Ishiota. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that boss fight was a little annoying. Ishiota sucks. Um he he has that counterattack like every time you hit him he can do a counterattack where he pulls out a gun and shoots at you that does multiple hits.
1: Yeah. That was tough this time. It was far tougher for me that first time when we were in like the the nexus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that that's a tough one because it actually, there were some characters where I was just like, it doesn't really even make sense to attack because the counterattack is doing more damage to me than I can
0: handle. Right. So, yeah. Um, and we find out Mirrorface is planning to um, basically disguise himself as Adachi, uh, uh, so he can sneak into the jail to then kill Sour Shiro. So we're fighting technically Adachi. In fact, I think he has all the move sets of, of, of Adachi as the ex-cop class. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that fight, I take that back. There's something pre. There's something that happens previously. Um, because because something major happens, that I forgot about. Um, we're trying to figure out who killed Arakawa. And Kasuga finds a a little low level lieutenant in the Omni New Omni Alliance. Oh yeah, that's that, intense. Yeah, and he starts beating the living crap out of him. Want to get information out of him? This guy obviously doesn't know, and he's still just sitting there beating him and beating him, and he's getting ready to kill the guy. He's that mad, and out of nowhere. I
1: thought about that because I, I, as it was happening, I was going back and forth a little bit on whether it felt out of character for him because he's generally such a easygoing guy, Right. Kasko but I, I don't know. At first I thought it seemed like it was too extreme, but I think by the end of it I settled on the fact that I, I just think he's kind of impulsive generally. And so sometimes that would lead him to this kind of maybe over the top violence.
0: I would say that's part of it, but also, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he watched his dad die. Yeah. You know, and somebody murdered his dad, so yeah, I, I might kill somebody too if i if I knew somebody killed my dad, yeah, you know, so i i, I mm, yeah, I could see it. I never questioned it whenever I was watching it. I just figured yeah he 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 was just he's that steamed about it,
1: yeah. I just doubt that it was kind of always all a little too goofy to go this far. But, you know, as it was playing out and as, you know, you could see the emotion and all that, I I kind of, you know, wandered back into the thought that, yeah, I mean, he feels justified and he's a little bit sometimes out of, of controls. So, yeah, I, I ended up okay with it from a character perspective. Right. But I, I wasn't sure for him.
0: So as Ichiban is beating the crap out of this guy, uh, a guy comes up behind him and grabs his hand to stop him from beating him. And he turns around and well it's it's Kiryu, the the sixth chairman himself. Oh no, fourth chairman, excuse me. And um he's like, That's enough. He's like, Don't tell me what They don't
1: set they don't set the original points up like yeah, he's justified, you know, beat him into the ground. Like, the rest of the party is kind of horrified, right? Yeah.
0: They're, they're watching
1: this unfold, and they're like, holy shit.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that that's that was the thing that kind of made me like, he's... When has he really gone, like, against the party like this as well?
0: That's true.
1: I don't know. I, I was surprised that Dachi didn't, like, set him down in his place, but... You That's know, true. I, I guess in some ways they were kind of like, this is your fight. But I mean, if you, this guy was the one responsible. So, you know, I can see because all, everybody on this team, right? They're all good people. Sure. You know, nobody here, I think, is backstabbing anyone or, you know, actively malicious or would kick a puppy when they're walking down the street. Right, like none of these are 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 bad guys in your party, and so that kind of came through to me as they were kind of watching Kasuga and gunning what he was doing. But the fact that none of them really stepped up—I think they made a few comments. Right, Psycho at least makes a comment. Um. So, so yeah, I. I feel like they amplified that feeling for me that he's out of control right now, and I just I like that juxtaposition of him really getting settled down by the newcomer.
0: Yeah, yeah, Kyrie, you definitely put some in his place, and oh, yeah, fun and, then, and then further
1: like doesn't really trust him, right?
0: No, no, doesn't for, for, for a little bit. Oh, he's like he's like I know who killed Arakawa. He's like, how do you know who was it? He's like, I don't really feel like telling somebody who'd be willing to kill a guy. Yeah, and of course he's he's like, you need to tell me. You know, it's in at this point Ichiban doesn't know who this guy is. Um,
1: it's kind of funny threatening threatening him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and he he tells him, well. Maybe you should go check out this place. I think that's how we end up where we fight Ishiota. Yeah, so we um, fight him on the ground floor, right? Before we go into. It. Is that is that it? We have that fight then Ishiota. Uh, yeah, I think we. I thought we fight him first. That's right. That's right. And then he allows us to go basically upstairs and in, right? That's right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Kiryu, so fun fact, I don't know if I said this on the last episode, fun fact, that voice actor is the same voice actor who did the original PS2 version. I did not realize that, but it is. That is the same man. But, um, yeah. Uh, Kiryu's like, if you want to know where you can find the killer, meet me at this place. So we go and meet him there and Kiryu in Kiryu fashion. It's like, I need to make sure you're worthy of this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd expect nothing less at this point.
0: That's right. And so we have to fight the main character of Yakuza 0 through 6, Kazuma Kiryu. And uh, this fight got a little hairy for me, just a little. So
1: well, who were you at this point? I, I Have
0: you can't, done all of your grinding. No, 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 no. I, I did my final, the, all the major grinding at the beginning of chapter 15, the last yeah. chapter. Um, but I, I, I wasn't no a slouch either. Um, so my party consisted of the, the, the characters that like Adachi, my main party. So Adachi, Kasuga, jugihan and Eri. I'd already learned that stuff. I just hadn't fully grinded yet. Yeah. Um, so there's a fun fact about this fight. Kiryu will not attack a woman. So if you have really? both your female characters in your active party, he will only target the two male
1: Oh, I didn't notice that, but
0: yep. that is a really fun little fact. Kiryu will not hit a woman. So, except except for Harka. Let's not forget he slapped the shit out of Harka. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so I mean, you can kind of plan around that if you if you needed to. Um, for some reason, he really liked to fight. Junki Han for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh so he took the brunt of it. And you get to see all of his styles. You know, he does the rush style, he does the beast mode. He does uh the 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 ultimate the the dragon of dojima style.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and let's it, go and... back to remind you how good he
0: is. Exactly. And uh toward the end there, um Kasuga is basically hallucinating he's not hallucinating he's 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 imagining this so like let's not forget this entire game basically takes place in the mind of kasuka everything he's doing is exaggerated because of his imagination him wanting to be a hero so he sees curio's dragon on his back come off of his back and turn into an actual dragon and he has to fight him and there's a great cut scene of it and everything like that. Very, very, uh, like a visual spectacle. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, that's where he gets his realization. Like he has, this, like, I can be, if I can beat this dragon, I can, I can save this place. I can save the world. Basically. When in reality, he just gets knocked out by Kiryu. <laughs> <laughs> But Kiryu's like, yeah, you're worthy. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's a it's a good moment,
1: a good little section generally with Kiryu in coming in as like a stabilizing force and still a force for good. Um you know, being cagey with who he is because he's like, I live in the shadows now. Nobody can know who I am or that I'm still around.
0: Yeah. And that's where he lets us go into the I guess the the new Korean town because that's where we go see where they've rebuilt the you know the the Matrix kind of thing
1: yeah
0: and that's where we learn where Ishiota is and and that's when we travel to there Uh, and curiously look I I pulled in a favor for this if you want to take it take it don't mention my name in fact I don't even exist we never met yeah, and nobody, nobody's like okay. Now uh, Junki Han's leader—I can't remember—they they weren't related, but uh, the leader. She she knows who Kiryu is, but and she almost spills the beans, but she decided not to. So Kiryu's gone, uh, but we did get that information. Now we go have our boss fight with with a uh, Mirror Face and Ishiota. Um, which we talked about that. Um, so we, uh, we beat both of them. We're holding Ishiota up and he's like, you killed our didn't you? He's like, yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. See, I, I was going to kill, kill him. And we get like a, like a, like a past cut scene, a flashback. And basically what happened was he was going to kill our He's gonna sniper. He sent there too. Yeah, he yeah. was sent there. Um, but as he was watching through the sniper rifle lens or the scope, he sees that another man came up to him to meet with him, and it was Tendo, the the former boxer. And uh, Tendo and Arakawa leave that area, and then all of a sudden they're behind. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're behind uh, Ishiota. I don't know how they got up there, but
1: yeah, I didn't get that part at all. I thought I missed something.
0: Yeah, apparently they snuck up on him because Tendo told him, "Hey, Ishiota's trying to kill you." In fact, he's up there in that building right now with a gun aimed at you. So uh, they all stand there. They have kind of like a, a standoff, and uh, Tendo out of nowhere takes his gun that's aimed on Ishiota and aims it at Arakawa and shoots him and kills him. And he's like, so technically I didn't kill him. I was going to, but your old pal Tendo that was fighting with you uh, a few days ago it's actually him that did it. So that's when uh is like, all right, I've had enough of this crap. Unfortunately, he didn't have a long time to think about this because they realize something's up. Something, something's going on. Something's out of the ordinary. Well, there's a bomb. There's a bomb in that building. And uh, Tendo has ordered them to blow up the building with Ishioda, Mirrorface, uh, and Kasuga and his whole party. Just kill them all. Seems luck. to be a common way to
1: get rid of enemies in uh, yeah, the Yakuza universe.
0: Yeah, just blow them up, yeah. trick them all to go into the same place, and then yeah. just blow the whole building. Yeah. And so the bomb goes off, and we don't know exactly what happens. Like, like, oh, like, get out of here, and that's and then kaboom. So we don't know. Of course, they survive. That's the end of that uh, chapter, and then we move on to the last chapter of the game weekend ending if that was the end of the game too yeah right some of these Yakuza games have ended that way how many times has Cure you died
1: yeah died <laughs> right in the middle of the street
0: yep but uh yeah so we cut to I, I guess a couple of days later and yeah, um I guess so. and we see uh there's the big campaign bus in Camarocho and there uh, it's a uh, Rio Aki's there on the bus as well as um, Kume. Because Rio Aki is, is, you know, promoting Kume. He's giving him his, you know, what do they call it? Whenever you good graces endorsement, endorsement. endorsement. Thank you. Couldn't think of the word. He's giving him his endorsement, so they're both on the bus together. And they're given like this riling speech. And you see the somebody's footsteps and slowly pans up and it shows Kasuga walking up to it and he does like a quick jump onto the bus. Yeah, twenty foot jump straight up in the air. Yeah, and he has his own bullhorn, and he's like, "Hey, I finally caught you guys! I know you probably thought I was dead in that explosion a few days ago, but I'm still alive and well, and I'm still waiting on that handshake." <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he reaches in, he shakes Rio Alki's hand, and uh, they have a nice little quick banter with each other, basically saying, "I know what you did," and. Uh, I have proof that you did it. So, um, yeah, you might want to go to the Omni Alliance offices or at least have some people go to the Omni Alliance offices because I know for a fact there is full recorded evidence of you ordering the hit on Arakawa. I don't know how good that would look for your election, right? And of course, Alki's like, oh, you're bluffing about this. Am I though?
1: Yeah. Can you afford to take that risk?
0: Yeah. Can you afford to take that risk? And so he leaves. Rio Alki is very flustered at this moment. So, um, he uh, we do get a cutscene with him and Tendo meeting, and uh, he tells Tendo. I want you to find that tape so shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be too bad right just go into that little office area right there and we'll find the tape and everything will be hunky dory of course they're planning all this the day of the election so that night Rio Alki will be uh, indisposed while they're reading the results of all the elections. So obviously he won't be there, at least not at the beginning. But that's okay. Because we know who killed Arakawa, and we're going after him. And we know he'll be there. Of course he's going to send his top man to do this.
1: Sometimes I like the simplicity of the way they set up the chapters here like you you found out that it was Tendo so you pretty much know that's going to be your your next mission yeah right cause sometimes you know i think overall these games have been pretty good about that sometimes when you get these types of maybe meandering objectives and it just feels like you're not clear what you're trying to do at least in this case it was pretty obvious who your next target's going to be
0: yeah so, uh, at the beginning of this chapter is when I decided to do all my grinding. So that's when I got the best bat, got the level 71, all that good jazz. So, um, yeah, I didn't end up doing this
1: until after I oh, Kendo, I think died twice and then said, I need to, I need to Mac power. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I, I did not lose to Tendo. So first thing, before we even get to Tendo, let's talk about going through this stinking dungeon. Holy crap, this is a long dungeon.
1: Yeah.
0: You're basically going up to the Millennium Tower. And, and it's the all, like there's no way to pause or save, right? No, there's not. I think from the minute you're in the tower, you're locked in. Yep. That and was a there, long time. <laughs> it's a very long time. Um, so you go through like four floors that are just full of fights. Some of which were kind of difficult or I wouldn't say difficult. Some of which took up a lot of my resources. Um, but I was able to like bring stuff with me, you know, like stamina and stuff like that to, uh, give my MP back. Yeah. And since I wasn't using my healer in my active party, she just always had, you know, she wasn't, you know, wasting any MP. So yeah, see, that's the only MP difference. Deal. I
1: think my base party looked the same as yours, but minus Junki Han and, and cause Psycho human.
0: Yeah. So climbing the four floors, we finally make it to Tendo and Tendo. There's not much, there's some talking here, but there's not much revealed, really, other than, yeah, we uh, we tore this place apart. We didn't find anything. We knew you guys were bluffing. Yeah. So I'm going to kill you now. Yeah. So that's when we have our big fight with Tendo, the ex-boxer. Um, I know you died a few times here. I didn't yeah, die he here. was tough
1: for me. At the beginning, he was tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, mostly just because, you know, it it was a long fight, right? Like, he he had some hard hits, but it wasn't so much his offense that was the problem. It was my defense, I guess. True. The fact that I got through the first half of the fight without any real issue, but then when he can auto one hit kill knockout anyone. In the second half, I didn't didn't really know about that purless resolve. Right. And so, I I basically spent the second half of the fight both times trying to figure out how to beef Kasuga up. You know, having him drink a defense improving potion, and I don't know if Psycho, somebody had a, a spell they could cast to make him have better defense. I'm like, all right, if he's maxed out, if he's got double defense, maybe he can survive that hit. No matter what I did, he didn't. Um, and so I automatically lost both times. Um, that's where I said, look, I, I either need to just really level up or do something different. So then I had read about Peerless Resolve and then, you know, just figured since I was back out of the tower, I wasn't going to try it again until I was definitely ready given how long it took to get through it yeah. so you know that's when i just did all, all my grinding turns out i already had pure this was Right, that wasn't the issue and I, and I probably could have just fought him again and beaten him anyway because i definitely had the advantage on him i just couldn't survive that one hit knockout right um but i just figured I'll explore a little bit more and and do the grinding that I need to do now. This is probably the last time
0: I'll do it in the game. So luckily for me, I I knew about the Peerless resolve. So I put that on Costco, but I never had to use it for him because he constantly targeted Jun Gihan. So the fun fact about Jun Gihan is that I've min-maxed him to death. So he had high agility. So he wouldn't, he he would take his turns sooner he also had high dexterity and such high dexterity allowed him to miss a lot. So he, he was able to dodge out of the way of the attack. Yeah. He targeted Junki Han with one hit kill twice and two times he missed attack. Oh, well, yeah. So it never actually hit. In fact, I got Junki Han and Airy so high in dexterity that I would say eight times out of 10, the attacks we're going to miss. And that's, that's a wonderful crazy. feeling. Yeah, it's a yeah. wonderful feeling. So, I, I, it was a long fight, I will say that. It was a long fight, but I did not have any issues with it. Um, but yeah, after beating him, uh, we cut back to the uh, the reading of the of the uh, people who's been elected, right? They're having their, their, their election night kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, both Kume is there as well as uh, Ryo Alki And no surprise, Kume won. Of course he did. And so as Ryo is is up there so, telling his speech about the, the great victory they just had, um, somebody... Over the teleprompter, or not the teleprompter, but the the TVs in the building, it uh, basically comes over that uh, Rio Alki is wanted for uh, conspiring to murder uh, Arakawa, and Arakawa is actually his name. Rio Alki is not even his real name, and of course, Rio Alki is like freaking out. He said, "No, this is just a lie." Well, like somebody has hacked into our system, which they had, it was actually the guy who helped us out with the business management stuff. I can't remember what the guy's name is. Um, and then he started asking questions. Nick Nick Ogata. Say it again. Nick
1: Ogata. Okay. Ogata.
0: Yeah. 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 The bougie guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he starts asking him more questions and stuff like that. And, Alki's like I got to get out of here, so he 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 leaves, and is trying to do damage control over the phone, talking to all the, the press and the and his PR people and stuff like that, uh, trying to get everything under wraps. At that point, he's starting to get flustered, so he's going to take him himself and his, and his boys up to the Millennium Tower himself, make sure that they got that tape. When he gets there. He finds a whole bunch of people beaten up. And they're like, there is no way that Kasuga and his little band of misfits did all this. Oh, but we did. And when he makes it to the top, he finds Tendo there. And all of Kasuga and his friends are all beat up and knocked out. And Tendo's kind of just standing there. He's been beat up too. But he's like... I handled it. Also, there was no tape. So, whatever you want to do, boss. He's like, "All right, well we can't we can't risk any of this stuff. Take these people. Make sure you kill them and you don't have the bodies found. Period. Okay? We can't let this get out." Nintendo's like, "Yep, we can do that." And he said, "Or better yet, how about this? How about we turn you in on what you just said?" And when he says that, we see Jun Han coming out from behind with a cell phone camera, and he's filming him. And he's like, "Oh ho, ho Whoops, we caught you!" And he's like, "Whoa, whoa wait a minute, Tendo, you, you're gonna you're gonna betray me like that?" And to be honest with you, I thought Tindo was. I thought we'd beat some sense into him and Tendo was going to be like, yep, I'm with you guys. Screw this politician piece of crap. Yeah. I fir- I figured he would have Yakuza honor, right?
1: Yeah.
0: But it's not. Uh, Tendo is, is knocked out behind the desk and the person that Rio Aoki was talking to was none other than mirror face. Seems like mirror face didn't really take, uh, almost getting blown up very well. (laughs) Yep. So he, he pretended to be Tendo so we could get that confession on, uh, on camera. Well, Alki is pissed at this point. He is not going to have any of this stuff. He tells his men, seize them, kill them all. And so we have a fight. We have a fight with multiple of his, his little party members as well as Alki himself. I didn't think this fight was very difficult, but after so many hits to Alki or killing some of his party members uh, he will call in reinforcements and more people will show up. But I didn't have much of an issue out of this. Did yeah. you?
1: No, me. No, I thought at this point, you know, I was, was done, done with my leveling. I was, I was pretty much rolling over these guys. Yeah, it was too. So, Especially in the last part of the fight. Oh, well, I think that's, the last that's part... That's not even... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's not even like a real fight. That's more almost like a interactive cinematic, I felt.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, after we beat Aoki, uh, he tries to run off. We catch up to him. Up the stairs. Adachi and everybody else were fighting downstairs. Keeping off his constituents, I guess. <laughs> um, and uh, Kasuga goes by himself. And he has a one-on-one showdown with... with. So we fought Ryo Aoki, right? With his men. This fight is not against Aoki. It's against Arakawa. So... The, the the jig is up basically so Kasuga is uh and the cosca's changed too so i had him as the hero class i think you did too in this fight he's back to the freelancer class so it's it's a mono mono kind of thing and uh like you said it feels a lot like a cinematic you are choosing attacks and stuff like that and alki is choosing attacks as well but um, it, it's definitely one sided. I feel like
1: yeah, yeah. So, it's uh, it's don't do very much damage. It you know I'm, I'm pulling out every single move here and just really maul.
0: Yeah, we do. So after beating him, we get a final the 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 one I think the one and only quick time event in the game. Uh, where we have to do the the quick time uh button presses to uh knock him off the the balcony back down yeah. to the to the floor that we were on, of course it doesn't kill him um and uh, the police bust in and they we tell them you know of course they're they're first like get your hands off the the governor we're like no. Nope. Show him the footage. We showed him the footage, and we tell, uh, we say, All right, Alki, it's over with. You just, there is still a way to recover from this. You just got to put in the time. And he's not having any of that. He gets up and takes one of the cops' guns and takes one of the cops hostage. And is trying to run. And we try to chase after him. And he actually gets away. He leaves the Millennium Tower. And runs off. We then see... Um, we see him going... Later on. Walking through the streets of Camarocho. Of and... Uh, there's news reports over, like the jumbotron and stuff like that in town, of basically everything that happened. Him on camera saying kill people, and basically his 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 campaign, his career, his life is essentially over. There's there's no going back from this. Everybody has heard this and seen this.
1: There's place to be because now he's essentially
0: got nothing left to lose. Exactly. So, uh, he finds himself in front of the coin lockers that he was originally stuffed in. And as he's standing there, Kasuga shows up and Kasuga's like, I figured I could find you here. And Alki is very stubborn. He, he aims his gun at him. Doesn't want to hear any of it. And he's like, Look, man, you did a lot of shitty stuff. And you're going to go to prison for it. But your life isn't over. You need to turn yourself in and be a man about this. Again, he's not having any of it. And this cutscene, I was like, Holy crap. Yeah this is some of the best cutscenes I've seen in a game.
1: Yeah. And for me, like it, it really checked those boxes of having like resonance with the rest of the game too. And with Kasuga as a character, because while I'm watching this in my mind, I'm like, this is what Kasuga always does. He always sees the best in the future. And there's always a way out. There's always a way forward. And I, I kept getting a thought that this was mirroring his somewhat presumed betrayal by Namba. And no matter how many times Namba kept turning his back on him, he's like, you're still my brother. You know, I've always got your back. You're always a part of my family. And in my mind, I'm like, he's done that before and he's pressed for the other person to see the light and it worked. Is the moral of the story here going to be that it doesn't always work and he's met the person that he can't change and who won't bend to that positivity. And I kept thinking that Rio Aoki was going to just end him. And in my mind, that was going to be the dichotomy. He did Right, as long as he could, and then in the end, he just couldn't get the one person he most wanted to change to change. Right. And so, you know, I was, this whole cutscene, I was kind of like, edge in my seat, I'm like, what's going to happen here, and what does it mean for Kasuka's philosophy and his whole like way of being? Like, is he going to be able to uphold this as the way you should do things, and even in the most dire situations, it's the right way to get through it? Or is this, is this as far as his luck goes in that direction? Right. And so, you know, I, I, yeah, I really like this. Guy.
0: Yeah. It gets to a point where Casuga is getting through to him. And he, you know, one of the big things, I mean, Casuga full on crying at this point. Yeah. Weeping. Um, weeping, weeping and begging him. So it gets to the point where he gets into him and Alki is basically, my life is over. There is nothing left for me. So he turns the gun to himself, and Casca is weeping, telling him, "I remember he's like, don't make me watch my brother kill himself." Yeah. And I was like, "Damn, that's pretty powerful right there." And Alki. He he finally listens.
1: See, it's wild to me, though, because while that is like the most powerful statement here, I feel like it's even more powerful because almost nobody, I feel, would feel that way, given everything that's happened between the two of them. Right. I feel like it's only who would still feel that way and still say those things, given the fact that it's essentially his enemy here that he's talking to. So he it's
0: never it's even gave more up on pronounced, him. yeah he never yeah. gave up on him and uh Alki finally gives Kasiga the gun and he kind of leans up on the on the coin lockers, and he's like, fine, I'll do what needs to be done And as he says that somebody walks up to him and stabs him in the stomach with a knife and it's Kume
1: yeah like not it's, just somebody
0: yeah yeah it's 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 the the new leader of Bleach Japan the complete douchebag that's been throughout this entire game stabs him and says i can't believe I put my faith in someone like you. And then runs away. And in the same fashion as. Arakawa. Old man Arakawa. Did with Ryo Aoki when he found him in that coin locker. Kasuga. Picks up Ryo Aoki. And rushes him to a hospital while screaming to, for people to get out of the way. Yeah. We cut to a few days later. And unfortunately, Rio Alki does not survive that stabbing. Kasuga is with Namba at their little apartment. And they're uh, praying at the shrine that now has both pictures of Ryo Aoki and Arakawa. And they're both wearing black suits, getting ready to go to the memorial. And Namba brings up, have you ever thought about getting a DNA test to see if Arakawa really was your father? And Koska says, I don't think that's really necessary. He's like, don't you want to know? He's like, in my eyes, I had two fathers. And I'm fine with that. So they make their way to the memorial. Uh, The rest of the Tojo clan is there. Sajima, Majima, Daigo. They're all there. And, uh, Kasuga's, uh, sitting next to Daigo and Daigo was like, Hey, if you don't have anything else to do in this town, we're going back to Camarocho and starting up a, uh, a security, private security company. Since there's no Yakuza anymore. We got a bunch of tough guys. Why don't I use them to the best of their ability? So they're basically turning them into a security slash bodyguard service. And he wants Costco to come with him. And Costco's like, I appreciate the offer, but... NG is basically my home now. I was left for dead. And the people of this town brought me back to life. I struggled with them. And I you know, did everything with them. I grew up here. Even though I, I I'm a forty something year old man. These people taught me a lot.
1: Yeah, and there's they a lot really of really like pitch this as a choose your past or your future or choose your old friends versus your new friends. Right. But then But then after he makes his decision, everyone's like, oh, thank God. We we thought you were going to choose to go away and leave us behind.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, he could be living the lavish life, you know? Yeah. I mean, because the Yakuza, or the ex-Yakuza, still got a lot of money. But now he decides to stay in Injincho. And be among the, the commoners. It's the best way to put it. And there's something I, I do want to bring up, but I'll bring it up at the end. About that right there. And uh it basically it ends with him overlooking the very disgusting river that flows through the city.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And basically thinking back to the last thing Ryoaki told him as he was dying and for the life of me I can't remember what it was I think it was just start over sounds nice yeah kind of thing
1: yeah
0: and he basically says a little prayer saying that I'm going to do exactly what the young master said I'm going to start over and that's basically the end he meets up with everybody else from his party and they all basically have a good laugh with each other and stuff like that so number one I think this is the best ending to a Yakuza game
1: Yeah, agreed. Because it it doesn't feel like it needs more. It doesn't feel like a cliffhanger. It feels like a resolution,
0: right? This could be a standalone game, and they could make they could easily not make another one.
1: Yeah,
0: and it would be a really great standalone game. <laughs> yes, it would. Two, and this is something that I found researching. Like a dragon. After I finished it, I, I I looked up some videos about it and stuff like that, just to see how other people thought about it or, or did like a deep dive of everything. I've seen multiple videos talk about this, and I think the developers themselves came out and said that uh, with like a dragon, they wanted to make a statement, and that statement's actually pushed very hard in this game. It's just I've never I never paid attention to it. This game is essentially a parody of how Japan treats its poor, its homeless, its foreigners, its downtrodden. And when I sat back and thought about that, I was like, this is perfect for that. Because you are basically put into the shoes of somebody who has been through hell and back a, a, a person who's been a prisoner a fish out of water who's then thrust into being left for dead and homeless having to learn on the streets and seeing how these people treat how the regular people treat these downtrodden people and you know bleach japan is a perfect example They're like there's there's tons of examples in this game where basically they're talking about how like these gray areas are some of the only reasons why some of these people are surviving because you guys don't treat them like you treat them like second rate citizens. Yeah. And when I sat back and thought about it and actually gave it gave it some thought, I watched a, a, a couple of videos about it. And some videos go into great detail about how with multiple examples of how they they basically this is a parody of of real world japan and how they treat their their downtrodden
1: yeah i hadn't thought about it that way but you definitely do live in those shoes in this game a
0: lot yeah i mean they push it hard like yeah. the, the first the first what five chapters of that game you're playing as homeless man
1: yeah and it it's wild to think that you're going on whole missions just to try and get like 500 yen
0: exactly and 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 the the first half of this game you are poor you know 10,000 yen that's a lot of money i could get a lot with that at the beginning yeah. of this game and i think i think they did a fantastic job conveying that not only through the gameplay but through the story as well Three. Yeah, this it's... is my favorite Yakuza game ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, it surpasses
0: it's... zero for me.
1: Yeah, that that's a real tough question for me because the emotional bits for me and the pure character bits. I think I still prefer in Yakuza Zero. But if you take every aspect of the game and sum it up, this is probably the best one for me. Just because yeah. the, the combat was so good, the exploration of other activities. I mean, I, to be honest, I had just as much fun, if not more fun, grinding. A few times we had to grind in this game than I did in some of the missions themselves. Yeah. Because... The actual gameplay was just more fun than any other
0: Yakuza game. The the progression in this game is superb, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, progression of the character, progression of you know the, the weapons and the upgradeability, and I I feel like you are seeing that growth in Kasuga mirrored in his capabilities in the game. Obviously, that's the intent of most RPGs, but I don't know that everyone achieves that. And this one, just you know, mixing in the mix of kind of humor in with the the, the meaningfulness and the gravitas of what you're doing, makes that growth even almost feel more important than it. maybe a more in, in my mind sometimes a, a maybe a more generic fantasy situation.
0: Absolutely. So, I. Mm. There's very few games that that grab a hold of me and say I want to get the best weapon in the game or I want to grind to the point where nothing bothers me. You know what I mean? The investment of time. Exactly. Like there are so many side things I did in this game that I don't do in other games anymore because I am a 37-year-old man who does not have much time Time is precious to me, but I took the time to do this stuff in this game and I absolutely adore it. I think this is one of the best games I've ever played. I'm not kidding when I say that. This is yeah. easily in my top 20 games of all time. Yeah agreed. it won't it, it won't dethrone Metal Gear Solid. Or Resident Evil 2. you know, Or Diablo 2. That's not going to happen. But if you put that. If you ask me what's the top 20 games. You've ever played in your life. This is going to be on there. And it may be close to number 10. I love this game. And the only thing I can say is. I cannot wait for the next game.
1: Yeah it's funny too. Because I feel like one of the common threads through the last few games was a mention of kind of burnout. You know, yeah. we, we need to play a different game between these Yakuza games because they feel kind of similar, and, you know, I don't necessarily feel like I'm enthused to play what I'm playing, but I, I but I still want to finish it. Here, all of that was gone. You know, it's still, a, I guess in some ways, a similar formula, but with new characters, new gameplay... And, you know, really strong writing and just an overall fantastic package. You know, any thoughts like that are gone. I just, I didn't feel like I was retreading anything here. It all felt fun and fresh and new. And taking the good bits of Yakuza mixed with a lot of new, fresh bits, you know, it's just a a really great formula.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So... You want to give any more final thoughts on it, or you're good?
1: Um. Yeah, I. I that pretty much sums it up. I, I am looking forward to the sequel, but you're right. Just this is just such a good game overall. It's just I feel like on every aspect, it it
0: is. Yeah. That's that's the best way I'm trying. I think the story the like the last the last like five, six cutscenes of this game, after you beat Tendo, I was glued to my seat. Yeah. Watching this. It is so well acted. Yeah. Kasuga, every character in this game is interesting. They have and they feel like real characters. Not just this one generic thing. The only character I would say that feels generic is Zhao. Yeah. Zhao, mainly because I didn't do enough for him. Truth be told, Joongi Han felt that way too until I started exploring more of his backstory from doing the bar stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure if I did more of Zhao's stuff, it would do that too. But I just didn't do it.
1: Yeah, and the, and the bar stuff for me is just another highlight in this game, which you know we haven't we talked we've touched on in the other episodes, but for me, this is the only other game other than Mass Effect Two where I was glued to those side stories, and they're a much smaller part of this game only because this game is so much bigger, I think. Um, but they were still very very good, and and it it really fleshes out the characters. And you know you didn't have a lot of missions to do per se, so I don't think I don't feel like you spend as much time working for the characters. But you do end up with a lot. You know, you you get kind of the sequential thread of activities from the bar cutscenes, and then you also get all of the little commentaries when you hit Y while walking around the city. Yeah, you know those I think add. You know they're not meaningful, but they do add a little bit of color and flavors and characters. Um, I, mean, I guess, I guess Dragon thing. Age as well. So top three yeah, for Dragon me Mage. in terms of side side characters.
0: Yeah, the 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 top quality Bioware games in this. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean that's that's rarefied air up there.
0: Yeah. There was one other thing we forgot to mention. The the scene after, or I guess the halfway credit scene with Adachi. So uh, the second party member we ever got, we finally, Adachi finally gets his man. The whole reason why he joined the party was because he wanted to take out this this corrupt police commissioner. And he was able to do it. Mainly because thanks to the raid on the, the Millennium Tower all of the you know, the old Tojo clan headquarters and the Omni Alliance, they kept all those records of where the police were taking kickbacks from the 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 Yakuza. And who did they pay? Oh, they paid the police commissioner. And so he was able to finally say, Ah, we got it all and uh I can finally lock you up. So Adachi got his guy too at the end, so that was nice.
1: And it also, then so, ties back to the, you know, the early bits between Kasuga and the young master at that point.
0: Yeah, that's right. So here's, I will bring up this question for you. We know that. I don't know what they're going to call the next game. Are they going to call it Yakuza Like a Dragon 2? I don't think so. Yeah, They may just finally just be like, okay, let's rip the Band-Aid off. We'll call it Yakuza 8, or we'll call it Like a Dragon 8. It may be confusing to some people, but everybody should know this by now. Okay. So let me ask you this. In Like a Dragon 8, we know for a fact that Kiryu and Kasuga is going to be in the game do you want the same party members do you want adachi back do you want namba back or do you want a whole brand new cast of characters
1: i would like to see a new cast of characters where they i don't know i don't want i don't want too much throwback right like i really liked In this game, for example, it's really impactful when you see, you know, the classics.
0: Yeah, and it took forever to get them. It
1: took forever to get them, but then, you know, you find the CEO and then previous scenes are super impactful in this
0: game. Yeah.
1: But do I want every game to feature those kind of cameos? I don't know. Then it starts to get a bit formulaic, and I think if this game with me something about Yakuza is that the team behind it is highly capable. But, you know, I'm just... There have been a lot of things kind of repeated game to game. So, in my mind, I would probably say change it up. It, it Whatever the question is, I'd say change it up.
0: Yeah. I do too. I think I, I, think I have to feel the same way. I'm sure that, that we could keep one of their characters. I could easily see, like, Kasuga and Namba kind of be in the, the party.
1: Yeah, Or, or then, Dachi filling, they... like, a Date-style role.
0: Yeah. Where he's not in that's, the that's game per se, but he's a, a
1: side character, background right. character.
0: Right. I could easily see them using one or two character one or two party members as party members in the next game, but then filling the rest of the cast out with new characters. Yeah, I could see them doing that. So we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah,
0: agreed. We do have an. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say I can't really see Ari making the cut because depending I, on I don't who did the management game, right? Like she wouldn't have even been in some people, some people's games.
0: Right, that's true.
1: And then Psycho, I think you know her tie was really based on all of the events of this game. So I feel like not necessarily one of Costica's lifelong mates, but you know this was a this was a grand adventure they went on and they bonded over it. But I definitely think it would be a new new party member there. I think Adachi and now but yeah, I think those are the only two real options. But In my mind, you know, the way that the Yakuza series has always tied to police departments, it feels like Adachi for me, if there's one, if you only bring one character over.
0: If I'm going to be honest with you, I prefer Adachi over Namba. I, I I don't mind Namba. I think he's a fine character. But Adachi was... Adachi felt like the voice of reason to Kasuga. So, I I think they played off each other way better. Yeah, I agree. So, we do have an email. Um, It comes in from Dustin. It's titled Like a Dragon. And he says, Hey guys, we did it. We're finally done with the mainline Yakuza's for the next year or so. (laughs) All right, where did I leave off? So, for me, the Majima fight was brutal. I grinded to level 45 and barely beat these guys. I had Saiko healing every round. Um, Ajima attacking? I don't know who Ajima is. Maybe I'm he meant you. Majima? Majima attacking, or no, he said Majima attacking, Ajima attacking, Namba buffing healing attacking when necessary, and Ichiban attacking or healing. Maybe it was Adachi. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, taking out his ads right away was key, but then when Taiga uh, joined the fray, I focused on getting Majima out as quickly as possible. After that, Taiga was just a stone wall I had to chip at for a long time before he finally crumbled. I'm glad he didn't get close to killing any of my characters, else I would have gotten had gotten into a bind After emerging victorious, I switched back to my jobs. I was leveling and proceeded with the main story. The next boss I didn't lose, but I definitely had to work for uh, the victory since I had a terrible job composition going on. Was it after this boss we got the locker baby backstory? Man, I looked that stuff up and that's some dark shit. Sounds like it's mainly a Japanese thing and was really bad in the 80s, so apparently it did happen, Uh, and most of the recent ones uh, was last year in 2022. Feel free to go down that rabbit hole if you want to feel sad. At this point, I'm just mainlining the story just to get done, and I come up on the Kiryu fight. Mind you, I'm thinking I'm done grinding at this game too. But after repeatedly getting my ass kicked by him, I decided to, I needed to grind more. So I went back to that goddamn arena. (laughs) I think I was level 37 and Kiryu was level 47. I was thinking I'll grind to 45, but only made it to level 43 and tried him again. And the thing that really gets me uh, is how fast Kiryu can attack back to back. Even in different forms, he has high agility. He'll attack Ichiban and make sure uh, make him use up his courage. And before I can even take the turn, the he attacks me again and boom, game over. This is some grade A certified fair trade organic bullshit. I'm so sick of grinding at this point and I'm ready for this story to wrap up. I end up going shopping instead of grinding because I'm thinking my armor sucks more than my level. I found one shop and had enough money for two items in that shop that gave two of my guys plus five defense. And you know what? That was enough of a boost to get by that bastard. After this boss, I didn't have much of an issue with the rest of the game. Mirror face fight was easy. Then the fight with Mr. Dream himself. That's a punch out reference. I understand that reference. Um... Uh, was long but not dangerous like Majima and Kiryu Namba's lightning spell he learned as a fortune teller sped things up quite a bit uh, the final boss went face went fast since I had used all of my free Majima, Kiryu and Taiga summons and of course the 1v1 at the end is probably impossible to lose yeah I was happy it was over, but I couldn't understand why Ichiban was bawling over Aoki saying he was a brother to him and he knows him so well. Get the hell out of here with that baloney. Ichiban joined the Yakuza when he was 15 and went to jail at 24. You're telling me those nine years of being Aoki's bitch, then going to jail for 18 years with zero contact makes you magically have this deep bond with this guy? Honestly, it was painful to watch those last scenes. The game was trying to sell this deeper connection between the two beyond the Locker Baby instant, and I'm not buying it. Oh boy. So after all said and done, I decided this is still my second favorite Yakuza after Zero. It was my favorite up until the ridiculous grinding and the crybaby ending, but I still really enjoyed myself at the end of it. Hearing Kiryu and Majima speak in English is like watching some bootleg version of this game. It's very unsettling and I'm going to have to play with uh, Japanese voiceovers in eight. I was surprised how involved Kiryu was with this story too. Didn't expect to see him that much. Daigo still sucks. See you next time, Dustin. Well, Dustin, I hate to tell you this, but I wholeheartedly disagree with you on the ending. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and I think it was there to show just how Ichiban's brain works.
1: Yeah, that's where, that's where I kind of fall a little bit in the middle because I, I do agree that I I'm surprised Ichiban would feel that strongly, but then I'm like, well, it's just him. He you know, he's not really rational in those types of decisions. You know, even with Nanba, I mean, with Nanba, he had a a, a strong reason there, he saved his life. And, you know, they they went through, through some things together, but it's not like he had known him for years and decades, and you know, and it was weird to me then, and it's weird to me at the end here with Rio Aoki, except that I feel like he's demonstrated throughout the game that's just the kind of weird decisions he
0: makes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh... I think that's the best way to describe it. He's, he, he, he is the extreme of everything, yeah. whatever it is. But, um, yeah. Uh, thank you for the email Dustin. And I really do appreciate it. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, it's drew at ZTGD.com. com. um, Talk to us about Yakuza. I know there was a few people who were playing along with us who, who did not write in. They they may not have known that we were recording tonight. So if you still want to get that email in, please do. We'll gladly read it on the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at DML Fury Matt is at R E M G S and the podcast itself is at C T G D Phoenix Down. Um, that's pretty much it for us for Yakuza. We're finally putting this one to rest. Um, And like I said, it turned out to be one of my favorite games I've ever played. Truly. So, that's high praises from me.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Um, Our next game is going to be Halo Reach. We are currently playing it right now. uh, And we will be, uh, I don't even know where to stop. For the first recording of Halo Reach, I'm assuming we can probably do this in two recordings. If we're being honest, so yeah, I think so. I'm okay with that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Anything else, Matt? For you?
1: No, I feel uh, you know it's it's been a long journey. I I did not really expect this game to be 50 full hours to finish. Yeah. Um. And as much as I enjoyed the grinding, you know, I, I don't know. I could have used maybe a little bit less of it. Um, yeah, sure. But so, so I, I feel a little bit like we've come to the end and it was quite a journey. Um, I'm kind of happy to be moving on to something else, but I absolutely loved what I played. So it's somewhat with mixed emotions that we, we bring this game to a close.
0: Yeah. Same with me. When I when I when I finally turned this game off, I felt the exact same way I did when we finally beat The Witcher Three. Yeah, and it was one of those of what am I gonna do now? Yeah, it was one of those feelings of I, I this is this game has become my norm like after work every day. That it was like it felt it felt like I oh man I got a little sad I was like damn. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do now, kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And that happened with The Witcher Three. When I finally beat The Witcher Three, when we beat Blood and Wine, I felt legit sad. Because because I'd been we've been playing The Witcher for what, months at that point.
1: Yeah.
0: So, that's kind of how I felt with this one. Yeah. And I finally finished it up. Same. So, yeah. Absolutely fantastic game took us a while to get through it, but you know what I think it was worth it,
1: yeah, and I'm glad we even i'm you know the what I just said, I'm glad we had the time to grind and see a little bit more of the game than we might have seen otherwise and because while it was repetitive, it does really emphasize some of the strengths of the game, which is that progression and the you know the equipment and the gear and in that build improvement, so I'm glad we did it even the way we did
0: it. Absolutely. Very rewarding yeah. game. Yeah. That's what I'll say. But that's, um, that's it for us. Thank you so much for, for listening, sticking with us through all this Yakuza stuff. But, um, we're moving on. It's time. We've, 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 we've been with this long enough. So until next time, I'm Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. You guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with the beginning of Halo Reach.